So, has this reflection I just gave earlier on given you any... Do um, you have any questions or anything you'd like to um, discuss? So you can come here. This is something we've done, we've done before. Come here, and then you can also speak to me and to the audience at the same time. Yeah. I, was, I hope I can explain it in a way that, that makes sense, but when you're saying go to, into your, to your own wisdom, into yourself, um, and then there's the... Uh, First fetter, which is you know is is psychiety, which is your own personality, um, and shouldn't you be not just going into the wisdom of yourself, but using the 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 Dharma to to get that right as well, rather than just going into yourself to find the answer. Yeah, but you know yourself and and anything beyond yourself is still. Belong. I mean, it's a part of you. Do you know what I mean? So when I talk about wisdom, I talk about panya. Yeah. Which is... Well, Panya what, is, you know, once you know the Buddhist teaching a little bit, you realize you begin to get the map of the Buddhist teaching, of the mind, mm -hmm. and of the Buddhist teaching, how mm -hmm. to navigate through the mind. So the thing that which I was pointing to is that when you navigate through the mind, you learn how to find out what is skillful and unskillful, okay, what is beautiful and not beautiful, what is, uh, uh, you know... Uh, you know, all the negative side of the mind and all the positive side of the mind, you know, to navigate that, you know, which is the teaching you have in Sila Samadhi Panya, you know, in the Noble Eightfold Pass, yeah? Noble Eightfold Pass, yeah, sure. So, um, Maga, yeah? So, um, you, you learn that, and then the, your wisdom is the fact that you transform your life to move more and more towards that which is wise and skillful and so and, and kind to others and brings joy and happiness in your heart and joy and happiness in others. You know, you move, you navigate towards that, in that direction. At the same time as you let go when you practice meditation, that's the level where you get to liberate your mind from that which is unskillful and, uh, but also that which is skillful and beautiful and everything. So you let, let go of everything at the level of vipassana. Is that what you're doing in, in, in Anatta and uh, no self? You're, you're... Letting go of those um, desires that, that, are, that are unskillful and not beautiful or not. You know, for me, I really, um, you know, follow the Four Noble Truths. I mean, I use just the Four Noble Truths to, because the, no, the Four Noble Truths is like the suffering, the, the cause of suffering, the end of suffering, and the path leading to the end of suffering. Mm -hmm. And suffering in this structure, to me, is like the, diagnost the diagnosis, okay, or the diagnostic of attachment, of our attachment, of our limitations, you know. Attachment is, uh, will show you that it's painful. Now, you say, well, how can I love somebody and not be attached, you know? You can, but it's, it's a mature, it's a mature level to yeah. understand. It doesn't mean that because you're not attached, you're not engaged with somebody, you know. It doesn't mean that. I mean, you let go of the suffering of that engagement. That's different. That, that's the same with the ego, Personality. You let go no, don't worry about ego and personality. Don't worry you know, about that. Yeah, no, don't okay. worry about it. You know, okay. <laughs> it is part of the three fetters. I know, but at some level, if it hurts, then sure. you know it's ego. Okay. You know, you know, it's ego is not a problem. I always say to people, don't worry about your ego. That's all you have to get enlightened. You know, 
Do you understand? We need that. If you don't have this, (laughs) you get a deluded ego, you know, when you come into this world of human, so that you can, the Buddha comes here to help humans, you know, human and devas, actually, all beings, Uh but to really help you to see the illusion of this uh, thought that is, you know, connected with the whole history of something, you know, I don't know, from God knows how many, how many eons, you know. A sense of self, you know. So the sense of self is, you know, after a while you realize it's just a thought that, that comes up with a whole history. And the delusion that this eyes of mine, the eyes of mouse, everything is my fault, it's terrible. That's how the way of thinking and the way of perceiving, the way of seeing, it's completely, um, you know, you know, not right view. What the Buddha talked about, right view and wrong view. Yes. Wrong view is thinking that things are permanent, satisfactory, and mine. You know, as you meditate, you realize you have no control over your mind. You know? The only control you have is your wisdom. Your wisdom has control. The wisdom and the mindfulness and your awareness have, can help you to direct your energy of thought, of feelings, and so on, in a way that, you know, you, you create, you build good habits. But even the good habits, at some point, will just follow their natural course, you know, the... Once you get this uh, realization, you know what that, you know that liberation is a good thing, you know not just because by clinging to good and moving away from, you know, but just by, when you realize something, it doesn't need to have good and bad. You understand? You've seen clearly yes. that, yes, the two. just as it is. Thanks, Ram. Thank you. So, yeah, don't worry about self. Don't make a problem about the self. It's got enough problems. But the only way we can get right view is to look at the... The, um, eh? the only way we can get right view is to look at the Dharma. Well, closely. right view, it's a, it's a wonderful chapter, you know, to see things as they are, to see the vulnerable truth, you know. Most of us interpret suffering as a very personal affair. It's my suffering, it's caused by me, it's terrible, I'm this, I'm that, they are terrible, blah, 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 blah. But actually, suffering is just suffering. You know, from the Buddhist point of view, you don't have to believe what he says. He repeats that again and again. Mm-hmm. But you start looking at suffering as at the level where you realize there is suffering, rather, you know, reacting constantly. There is suffering, and the Buddha takes, take, takes you down a, a journey where you can let it go. Stop creating me having suffering and this and this and that. This whole psychological you know, world of mine and uh, yours and so on, you know. and uh, which suffering, is con- suffering yeah. of the mind, at not necessarily the body, but the mind of both. The mind that? Is it, when you're suffering, the cessation of suffering is the mind and the body, or just the mind? Well, it can be both, you know, because the mind, I mean, affects the body straight away, you know, I mean, if you know, I still remember the story of uh, Deepak Chopra, you know, who said, you just have to think water for all the cells to retain water. Just thinking about it. Can you believe it? Amazing, isn't it? I like that expression you, you, you had of uh, the right way around. The mind, the body being in the mind. Because, yeah, if you then look at all of this. That's right. Can you? That's the mind, exactly. You don't think of it that way normally. You think of your body exactly. as your mind. So that was great. That, that nice. changed everything, <laughs> doesn't it? Don't you feel big now? <laughs> <laughs> big mind. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. Shall I come there? Yeah, if you don't feel too embarrassed. Just you know, you have a beautiful color on you. It's like a Provence uh, oh, flag. Thank you. Provencal flag is red and yellow. 
Just following from what he said, could you spend a bit about what you said earlier about the mind being us being in the mind? I like the concept. There's not much you can say really about that. Okay. <laughs> Don't think about it. It's better not to think, otherwise you're going to fill up your mind again with things. Just, just you know, contemplate it. See it more in a kind of intuitive way. You know, just feel the whatever. Don't bring the thinking mind too much into this, you know, because it cannot comprehend that big mind. I had this insight myself at a time when I was struggling with my mind, I remember. But during a retreat, Ajahn Sumedho was teaching us. And, uh, you know, when you are in a meditative state, deep in, in practice and so on, and you're, and suddenly he said, you know, well, the mind is, mind is not in the body. Body is in the mind, you know, a strong Californian accent. And, uh, you know, it's like it, my, my insight, well, book, you know, just a small thing. Ah, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. Like many people, you said that too, you know. You know, it's like you don't need to think about it. Just, just enjoy the vastness of your mind now. Eh? <laughs> it's more free than you think, you know. I like the concept. <laughs> eh? I like the concept. <laughs> yeah, but don't attach to it. No, no I mean, I, you know, I like the fact of, because then it means that you are freer, right? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, you have the whole sky for yourself. No, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's right, isn't it liberating? Yeah. The space of the sky. I see my mind as sky, space, you know. In fact, the element of, of consciousness is space. I, you know, you read, you know, element of consciousness is space. space. You have water, fire, earth, and air, and space as a fifth element, which is really related quite often as consciousness. And then we know that you've got all this kind of stuff going on. Okay, now I'm very confused, so thank you. <laughs> Don't give to your thinking mind too much power, otherwise you'll be in trouble. Go back to your feminine intuition, which men, men women have, you know, but go to the mind that just doesn't get caught up in, with, the, with the world of thoughts, you know, because it's quite limited. Our thought is very much, you know, most of our thought is just repeated thinking, you know. Memory thinking is limited in that respect. Once you open your mind, suddenly you have other thoughts come up, you know, which is really liberating. For example, one thing that you can take away from this uh, you know, afternoon, because often I reflect on that because it's so natural for me. Uh, here, uh, you know, I don't imagine maybe it's different if I was somewhere, somewhere else, but the realization is no future and no past, for example. That's true. Do you know what I mean? So for me, the idea of thinking about the future, even what happened in an hour, I don't, I don't go there. It's not, it's not my world anymore. Do you understand? Because it doesn't exist. I mean, it exists in our imagination. But the reality of now doesn't have a future or past. Uh, the past is uh, a memory of the future. 
letter the future with the future. Now is a knowing. Now is a knowing. That's right. Past you know, is a memory. The future is the unknown, and now is a knowing. It's a brilliant little reminder. You haven't lost the spaciousness, are you? Talking about the lady behind you. You haven't lost that. You haven't lost that sense of spaciousness, have you? No. You have lost it. Oh, good. <laughs> I lost my nephew at the age of twelve, about four four weeks ago, um, to cancer. Um, what, what happened to? Sorry. The last sentence you said. I lost my nephew. No, no, I died. I heard, yeah. He was 12 years old. 12 years old, yeah. And he died of cancer. He died of cancer. Yeah. That's what I didn't understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it okay to talk a little bit about death? No. Is it okay talking about? Do you, can you please tell us more about dying and living? Dying. Yeah, a specialty, young age. Well, I don't know much about dying because I really haven't done it yet, but... <laughs> I'm not joking, it's true, you know. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been with people dying, and I've been with, you know, and, um, you know, it's a, I, I love the idea of death being a mystery, you know. I feel quite comfortable with the idea of mystery. You lose, a, you, you, you feel comfortable with a sense of mystery when you live a life that's, I would say, is committed to the good, because you lose fear of being punished or being this or that, you know, regrets or terrible thing you have done, you know, or you think you have done. So talking back to your nephew, you know, uh, in in Buddhist tradition, what we what what happened after death is one thing, you know, but also what you can do after somebody dies is just you can really dedicate many things to them. For their whatever happened, whatever the mystery of their life, whatever they're taking and taking them, wherever it's you know um, whatever happened, you just wish them well, but not kind of trying to bring them back here, just on their journey onward, you know. To to dedicate, sometimes people dedicate uh, offering things to. Um, I mean, we have we have don't have much space anymore here, but people dedicate a little bush or. Maybe come and bring a, a meal to the monastery. The traditional way that Buddhists do, you know, this kind of thing, Mer making merit for the departed ones. Many of the things that has come to here at mealtime, for example, is very often sharing merit with departed relatives or people who have had a difficult time. Okay. So you create a connection of love and kindness, you know. And then also what's important is to actually to acknowledge your grief to the, you know, to acknowledge how you feel and to acknowledge the fact that you don't have to be uh, emotionless, emotionless, emotionless. Do you know, you, whatever emotion comes, you know, you just receive them as they are without, you know, dwelling into them or, I think the confusing bit is um, when you uh, when you forget and you're happy, like in your daily activity, and then you suddenly remember, and then it's like 
You feel guilty? Yes, that you're no, being don't, happy. No, or no, don't worry. I mean, you have your life, your yeah. life. That's his life. This mm-hmm. life has taken this turn. But for you, you know, um, when you're happy, you make everybody happy. Do you understand? Even the departed one, I'm sure. I don't know, but, you know, this happiness is a, is a good medicine, isn't it? For you and maybe for anybody else connected with you. When you see people happy, don't you feel good? <laughs> no? Who doesn't feel happy when you see people happy? Okay. So you see that spread like sunshine in England, you know. <laughs> I used to say on a sunshine day in England, now England has become like, I don't know, Provence. You know, if it's colder in Provence than in England, when I call my family, you know, they say it's about three degrees difference, you know, with England being hotter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Thank so. you. Thank you. So I do realize that a lot of um, our answers, we do get them from stillness. Can you talk closer because our microphones sometimes they echo, you know, as well. Okay. So, so. Um, you do realize that, yeah? Yeah, I do realize that. Um, what do you realize? That a lot of answers. There's no answer, yeah. Um, however, the concept of Mara. Mara? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Can you tell us a little bit more about Mara? Can you say a bit more? Yeah. Well, Mara corresponds to all the miseries that we experience. You know. Mara has a little army. She has four daughters, depending on the translation. And so she has a little army, and she tempted the Buddha. It is almost till his last breath, you know. Mara is a voice that say that told the Buddha, Well, I think it's time for you to die, you know, you're finished now, you know, why don't you go? That was a thought that arose in his mind, and he called it Mara. You know, naughty mind, that kind of so he said, I know you, Mara. And they, so Mara is always, you know, the, the enlightened beings or people who are know Mara and know how to deal with Mara in themselves, you know, they kind of say, I know you, Mara. And then in the in the scriptures, in the in the suttas, you know, Mara goes away with her four daughters, you know, and she really miffed, you know, and she really, really unhappy. She said, We need to go in, he knows us, you know. It's like that's all you said, something very simple like that, you know. <laughs> he knows us. You know, we've been seen. And so they go away. So if you know, if you can see Omara, Mara will go away. But most of the time we don't see our Mara. We get overwhelmed or frightened by Mara, you know. Mara is all the sword we have, you know, nasty sword, unkind sword, unskillful swords from a Buddhist point of view. And you're from Sri Lanka, yeah? No. I from was, India? I was born in India. Yeah? I was born in India. Okay, so you're English kind of thing. No, I was born in India. I live in America now. In? I live in America. You live in America? Yes. Okay, what about? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. So acknowledgement, yeah, so is, teaching, yeah. so acknowledgement of Mara is the key. Well, to be aware, uh, whatever you bring, uh, whatever you bring, your consciousness, awareness, mindfulness, you know, it loses its power. But you know, it's like an addiction. We are addicted to ignorance. You know, we are addicted to thought. We are addicted to our feelings and so on. You know, so it's not that easy to let go. That's why we say, give yourself a lifetime to do it. Sure. Lifetime. You hear that? Yeah? Yeah. 
And then you fail many times, you know. I mean, it's, it's nice to hear somebody like Ajahn Shah, who is one of the most famous uh, monk and teachers, you know, sort of, because we, you get really depressed when you don't know that, you know. It's like, well, practice is like, you know, 25% you succeed and 75 you fail, you know. It's like every time you fall, you get up and start again. Do you understand? A lot of the practice is trial and errors, you know. You go through your doubt, you go through your fear, you go through the anxiety, the five hindrances, restlessness, worry, doubts, and so on, you know. You have to know these things. These are your maras. So yeah. acknowledgement is the key. Well, I know, you know, clear seeing as well, clear seeing. And when you acknowledge it, you have to know whether they actually, you can see anicca in them, you know. You can see whether... You can actually spend patiently see if you have the time and the condition to do that, to see the end. The end when you see the end of all our, all our construct, mind construct, and so on. What happens is that I think you lose fear. You you lose a certain degree of fear because once you know something is impermanent, you feel not so uh, imprisoned as you were before, because you already have the knowledge that this will go. Do you understand? The more you see impermanence, the less you are feel trapped. But none of us want to see impermanence so easily because we're more interested in getting what you want and attached to that what we want, you know. So we don't even get the blessing of the life that lead that's led, pardon, that's led with this knowledge, you know, of impermanence. Because the blessing we get from that life are very different from the blessing you get from me wanting something for me. You know, it's it's a selfishness and self-centeredness. It's a big disease. But it is like all disease. You don't beat yourself up for having that, you know. If you have cancer, you're not going to start criticizing your mind and being horrible to the mind and hating it and so on. That's not the way people think these days. You know, you bring compassion, mindfulness, and love and so on, you know. That's exactly what the disease of the mind is discovered when you practice Buddhism. You realize... Your mind is diseased. You know that one, don't you? <laughs> but now you have a teaching, it can help you. I think personalizing um, the word Mara gave me a lot of, um, um, how should I put this? Um, you, you get thoughts every day that limit you. And you, you get thoughts? You get thoughts every day yeah. that limit you. Yeah. And the word Mara, just by saying that, by personalizing it to a certain extent. Yeah, you can keep them at bay. That's correct. Wait so a minute. That's yeah. how it's been helpful for me. So, I mean, after you told me, yeah. after you told everybody. Yeah, so yeah. I think that was very helpful. So thank you. Good. Thank you. So what you see could help many people. So don't hesitate to talk to them as well. <laughs> Sorry, yes. yes I'm sorry. And me, me I, no, I need to know what you're saying otherwise. Of course. Um, I see um, as as a lay Buddhist rather than um, well, that's, uh, uh, is that is that better? Sorry, as a lay Buddhist, uh, I see that probably one of the most uh, important things is to achieve and and, and, uh, and ask you how what steps you would do to achieve uh, stream entry satipana. Is that do you think the best aim for a lay Buddhist? If way you I just forget all about these stages. Just keep working. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. Don't don't have a name because this aim is going to work against you. Okay. Do you understand? I know. It's difficult to see that concept though. And then in the sutras it does say that if you do attain satipana, then 
Only you know, seven, seven lifetimes, lifetime, yes, which right. is kind of reassuring. Then, but though. he says that if you're not sure about the teaching, you're not Satapana yet. Okay. He still asks questions, you know. I thought I'd ask it because, you know, I'm trying to sort it out with my own mind. You know. It used to work like that, you know. So okay. used to, she's still asking questions, so no, don't worry about it. <laughs> but I wouldn't have this in a, a name. Just continue the purification of your heart, because if you st start thinking about this, this, this on the or that, you know, it kind of kind of blur your sight, you know, you, you're waiting for something, and that's the waiting is not letting go. Just forget about what you become, because becoming this or that is not a pass. With conditioning, though, it's difficult not to I think know. that way. I know, decondition but... yourself yeah. now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> trying, trying. <laughs> you know, do the letting go practice now, you know. I have you know one... the famous book of, of Ayakema, being nobody, going nowhere. Okay. And there's a whole training, isn't it? Yeah. One last question, and then I'll, uh, yeah. I'll sit down <laughs> for good. <laughs> um, we in Leicester, we're from Leicester, and we don't have a Theravada Buddhist uh, organization you there. Leicester, huh? yeah. yeah. Um, you have the summer school. Huh? We, we have Arjun Samado. Oh, does it, is it still there? I don't know. Arjun Samado, Samado did it, of course, but then he I stopped know. just as I found out about it. Um, but we, so it's, it, we, we, the only one we seem to find that it's okay is Triratna. But the, the worry was, again, I know you're going to answer this in a probably similar way as you asked, answer the last question, maybe, is that the Buddha said that the, the true Dharma only lasts 500 years. And the Theravadan Buddhists seem to be as close to the true Dharma as anybody. Um, I think there's, I think he was a Chinese um, Theravadan monk who, who, who went to the Mayan Buddhism and after nine years, uh, he, he didn't think it was quite as near to the true Dharma, so he then became a Theravadan Buddhist monk. How do you assure that you're looking at the true Dharma? Because looking through the uh, Siddhartha Pitaka is a big <laughs> undertaking. As long as, as long as you hang out to Sutta on the Four Noble Truths, you're still with the Buddha, I think. Okay. <laughs> so just stick to the Four Noble Truths and the Eighth, yeah. yeah. Do you know... Yeah. Don't worry about these things, you know, because honestly, just practice. You know, can you imagine a footballer thinking what's whether anything was going to happen in five hundred years or not? <laughs> Would he be a good footballer? <laughs> okay. You know, or a, uh, you know, anything. You know, it's like well, I don't even understand what you're trying to say, to be honest. Well, I, it was only what the Buddha said that after five hundred years, the, the Dharma would would not be the true Dharma anymore, and so you were following the right. wrong path. That was 2,500 years ago. Are you still following the Dharma now? I don't know. That's why I'm, that's what I'm trying to make sure I'm doing. I don't want to follow the wrong path. So every Saturday there is a workshop here in meditation. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then you have many teachings here at Amarawati. Come mm -hmm. and listen to the Dharma. Find out what the Dharma is about, you know. You're interested, so yes. it's lovely. So mm. why don't you come? <laughs> try study it, study it, yeah. I'll try and come as, as often as possible. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. good that you want to know the, mm. the true Dharma, but find out. Okay. Well, you have plenty of books you can read, you know. Sure, yeah. 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 Plenty yeah. of talk you can listen to. We get about 3,000 talks on the Marawati website. Monks, nuns, and everybody. Yeah, I often listen to quite a few talks, the Dharma talks of Arjun Tomedo and Arjun Amaro, who is now the abbot. Is he still the abbot here? He just started, yeah. yeah. Oh. What, 10 years ago? 10 years ago. <laughs> Thank you.
somebody's coming with the uh, I have a question. Sorry, what did you say just now? Uh, I have a question about how to nirvana, nirvana. Yes. That is that is the ultimate goal uh, everyone wants to achieve in the world. And what is the best way to be not to achieve but to be in that stage to reach in that stage? Of nirvana. Is, yeah, nirvana. Can we do this one through our you know, work we are doing? Our work means businesses. Whatever we work we do, uh, honestly and loving, with kind heart, empathy, sympathy, all, all these things, or do we need to renounce and be you know monk like you, non like you? Monk, no. Yeah. What is the best way? Or we can we do we need to do uh, meditation or be wise with through wisdom reading? Or any other, you know, what is the what is the, what is the best way to which nibbana? Yeah. Well, you have to remember that nibbana is not a state. I mean, even though I read it, read it in a book, a state, this state is not a state in a in a in a way that states of mind are. Nibbana simply means the end of birth. When greed, hatred, and delusion have ended, then you reach nibbana. That's, but it's not a state, you understand? Okay. You don't know. It's a mystery, I think. It's a big mystery. It's a peace. It's like the, the, you know, the peace that has no equivalence, you know, even a, that goes beyond understanding, as they say. But it's also the end of birth. And you can even feel this quality of Nibbana when you listen to your mind and you see something ending and not something starting yet. Mm-hmm. The mind, we're unconditioned mind, you know? So this is something at Shinsomedo were teaching us how to recognize, you know, this aspect of the unconditioned mind by just listening through the interval between thoughts. You know, there is birth into something in your mind when you meditate, and then that disappears, and the mind normally will just go straight to the next thought. You know, so you can just get a taste of of this peace even while you're not the enlightened yet. That's my sense, and that's what my teachers were encouraging, encouraging us to notice, you know. But it's difficult for people to understand because it is not a divine state. Do you understand? There's about 27 divine abiding in Buddhism, you know. So you have different devas and, uh, you know, angels and so angelic realms. But the, you know, Nibbana is unique and it's, it's not a place. It's the ending of greed. It's the experience of ending of greed, hatred, and delusion. So that's really difficult for us to understand. We mm-hmm. always think of place to be. Mm-hmm. You know. Not, not I was thinking the state of mind or you know, being in that state. It means what I think is, I, I don't know, <laughs> I'm novice about this, but I think uh, this is love, this is peace, this is happiness, or this is... But helping others, service—is that uh, through that? Can we, you know, can you go through that way or meditation? I think the most important thing is to dispense with thinking. You know, if you really want to know what it is, mm-hmm. your thought can come and go; it's no problem. You know, but don't think about it. It's not the way. 
It's not, you cannot think of an experience which is not conditioned by thoughts, you understand? Mm -hmm. Which is not conditioned by what we know. It's an ending. You know, like you can feel like if you're very, very cold, and suddenly you don't, you, that cold goes, you know, you feel the ending of cold. There's a moment of peace, you know, when we feel good. You know, you can look at the ending of everything. So, is, is this the ending of thought? The ending of the natural flow of your thinking. You know, you don't push the thought into repression because that will drive you to the, you know, a psychiatrist, hospital, psychiatric hospital straight away. Mm. Don't repress thoughts. But just know that thoughts come and go and so on. You know, they're not, their nature is not to uh, stay. Mm -hmm. Besides, when you're mindful of thoughts, they disappear often, you know, because they're empty. They only exist because you believe in them. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. You believe in your thoughts. That makes them real, suddenly. It's like when you have a, you see, oh, myself, I've just seen a ghost, oh, my, there's a shadow behind me, this mm -hmm. must be a ghost or something. If you believe in a ghost, you can almost bring it about, you know? It's the same thing. It's like mm -hmm. ghosts, you know? But you can use your thinking, you know, for good things, you know, like reflecting and contemplating and knowing what's right, what's wrong, good, bad, blah, blah. On a conventional level, you can... Can, you have some tools and some skillful means that you can use to come to a place of peace and clarity and right view, as the Buddha talks. So being conscious, being conscious or being witness of the thought? Like yeah, that. being with the witnessing mind, yeah. Are you Buddhist yourself? Uh, yeah, to some extent, yes. I, I was born in Nepal, so I'm Buddhist, Hindu, you know. Oh, Type of Buddhism. Yeah, type of And another point I want to mention attachment. 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 You know, just we are born free. It is said we are born free, but we have, you know, bound to have many, many. We are in chain now. We, are, we, have, we are in chain. Everywhere there is chain, you know, just love. I'm getting more deaf. Can you come a little closer because I don't hear all your syllables? You know? <laughs> so, we are okay. what? No, no, we are born free. But we are in Chen everywhere. Chen, it means love to the parents or love to the you know, uh, is it, you know, the children or all friends or family or you know, our work, yes, business, yes. everything. So we are attached to all these things. Mm -hmm. So how to, so you mentioned that one, you, you were talking about detachment. The lady was asking about this question, just mm -hmm. death. Sort how do you do with the love of all your family? Yeah, so, so how, how, how can we detach with all these things? Just it, is it uh, just you know, devotional service type of thing, or just to work or do something? Well, I think it's, you know, we have a you know, great disease of our mind. It's always to create a reality that does not exist. Mm -hmm. you know. So what's the problem with your family? Can you continue just... Loving your family as it is, and uh, being generous and kind, and being mindful and aware. I mean, you know, don't make your family a problem. You know, and if at some point, if you need to leave your family, you will know it. You know, but it will be done in the right way. You know, so you can. You know, I mean, if if I am in a situation, I'm not going to wait until I'm in a shrine room sitting on a cushion to practice mindfulness awareness and uh, and uh, the practice of Buddhism. You know, I'll do it anywhere. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of a uh, wrong view. You know, wrong view is just seeing an Ichadukanata, the Four Noble Truths, 
the law of karma, you know, there's a whole few, you can read a book on Buddhism, you know, the law of karma, cause and effect, you know. Yeah, I can't remember, I mean, I have a long list of things, you know. That's enough, right understanding, you know. It's called Samaditi, right view. So, you know, the whole Noble Eightfold Pass is a training of the mind. You know, it's like asking, you know, if you, if you were a dancer and you train as a dancer, okay, do you know what you will look like and how you will dance in 20 years' time after your training? Or, you know, you don't have any idea, do you? Well, it's a bit like that. You know, you know what it will be like when you reach Nibbana? It's a mystery, isn't it? Yet we want to know at all, you know. Thank so the most important thing is that when you see you worry about your family or you do I do the past or not, you can begin to, what I love about the Buddhist teaching is like you have a way of looking at your life that will liberate you from this life, from the pain of this life. No, not from, it's not repressing and thinking life is bad. It will liberate you from the pain of this life and it will teach you how to develop that which brings happiness in your life. Self, you know, selflessness, compassion, kindness, generosity, moving away of me, me, me. Do you understand? This is still a me, me, me. It's not wrong. But at some point you might want to um, you know, let go of all the things you think about how they should be and sometimes the books do it, you know. I want to follow the Buddha. Look, the Buddha, he left his wife, his baby, you know, after all, not as bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. You can walk like that, you know. But the Buddha, who is the Buddha? You know, I mean, I'm not the Buddha to know what was going on in the mind of the Buddha, you know. <laughs> Look what he did for 25 years, but still at Amaravati talking about him and enjoying the path of liberation, you know, all of us. Amazing, isn't it? And his son became an enlightened being. And his stepmother became the first bhikkhuni. You know, that was pretty good, isn't it? With 500 princesses behind her. That's not bad, eh? For an achievement in life. So people have criticized the Buddha for what he did, you know. But, you know, so be it, you know. That's what he did, but he had a good reason, I think. And so... In a way, the most important part of your life is to, to make peace with your mind, you know, to make peace with your life. You know, don't think too much. Men tend to think a lot. Women, maybe not enough, but... <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm not being... Now we don't make any difference between men and women, you know, everybody. Men are women, women are men, so it's all mixed, you know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, thanks. I had a look yesterday. I fell upon a, a, a little kind of, a, uh, what would you say, a, an explanation of, there was something about transgender. And I was kind of wondering, so transgender, are you gay or women or lesbian or women gay or men? I said, is there something else? And besides, I assume like some really serious business. You know, trans. And there was a whole explanation. I mean, I'm kind of out of touch, you know, even though we didn't have transgender coming here, well, you say, well, you know, I should be, you know, say, 
Well, when you know you're a man, you know, let us know when we can. We know where to put you. <laughs> she was a very pretty girl, you know. And I said, "It's a shame you're so pretty as a girl." You know, <laughs> so she knew, you know, me well, so it was okay. And then you have all these possibilities. It's amazing, you know. And they were explaining it's not just the sexual things. You know, it's also what you feel about yourself. You know, so this is not new to me. I've heard it before, but it's like. Really, we're coming into a much more kind of, as you say, you can get irritated with this thing, but it's also, I was thinking, well, maybe we're coming into a more kind of understanding of human nature. You know, you can be born as a man, feel like a girl, and born as a girl. You know, that's clear. But the fact that it's not necessarily, necessarily a sexuality thing, you know, it's like a mind thing also, you know, so that's interesting. Anyway, we're on the something else, aren't we? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> um, Venerable sister, um, when when one has been in one of the um, mind states called the jhanas, and one gets out of them, the remnant feeling or the this lingering the the afterglow does it have no, a, I tell you can you put your microphone here maybe because there's uh, an echo it's really oh, hard for me to hear the words people are saying um, does it have a name that's better yes yes, yes. keep it there uh, so. this this uh, lingering of of what you pull out from from sitting in seclusion, does it have a name? This lingering of in, in the body or where are you lingering? In the mind. In your mind. You mean when you leave your girlfriend or something? No. no. When when you uh, uh, when you get up from meditation after after jhana, you have a wonderful sensation. This. Uh, what, does it have a name? Do you need a name, really? No, but I, I was just wondering. Also, if... I mean, what would you want a name for that? Um, to describe it. To describe it. How about residue? Yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> Leftover. <laughs> but also, because they are different... There are different residues. I think the most important residue is when you have none left. Yes. You know, it's like let go, let go. For me, the, it's a motto, you know, let go, just just forget. You know. I mean, not forget stupidly, but don't hang around the past, you know, it's not worth it. And once you get a label for something, it's even more, you know, it's kind of burdensome. That's why I'm not really, you know, I say a it's a residue from like when you feel bright for an hour or something. That lasts for a bit longer, you know, once you get up, the mind is really bright. It's filled, it's filled with brightness, but like every mental evidence, every mind state, you know, it comes and goes. It's, you know, it's transient. It's like nature. You know, nature is changing every day. Do you notice that? You look at the tree, the leaves are changing every day, even though it doesn't seem like it. Everything is moving constantly, you know. 
like vibration. Like when I teach a retreat at Amarawati, I say, can you imagine if all, of we, if all of us had a big microscope and you see a kind of vibrating mass, you know, would you be angry with anybody? Do you know what I mean? It's like we take ourselves very seriously, don't we? Because we don't have the right microscope, maybe. So we have a microscope that kind of <laughs> you and me and them. And, you know, but when you are, uh, you know, if we are able, you know, had a chance to go into see, uh, you know, under this kind of big microscope that you have near Geneva. Under Geneva, they have this incredible scientific realm of existence underneath. Uh, and I don't know if it is underneath the airport or somewhere, but it's underground, you know. And missed my opportunity. I nearly went there, I was invited, and I couldn't go because of various reasons. It's the CERN, C-E-R-N, yeah? And, uh, you know, when you see uh, this kind of mass, you can see it also in your mind, you know, when things are really moving around, you know, they're not so stable. So, you know, when... Um, in a way, it's much better to get away from the monastery, from the you know monastic mat, you know, just um, monastery mat, you know, just without wanting to know everything, you know, it's so much happier. Just enjoy the happiness of your mind, enjoy space, look at life as it is now, you know, and this kind of be careful. It could be Mara, you know, trying to give you another question, another doubt, another wanting to label that's going to burden you. And you think about that, and then it's not there. Then it's is there. Then it's I want it, and I don't want it. So it creates a whole kind of mass of sankara, you know, construct, mental construct. So my, uh, you know, I don't do. I have a, in meditation, you see a lot of things. You know, you experience a lot of things. You know, and I know for myself. I don't want to hang on to anything. I don't want. I don't want any of that. You know, I don't want to have a library of stuff. You know, from the past and so. Let it go. go. The most, um, you know, the most kind of real experience is now, as it is. You know. My second question is: How does one proceed uh, to the next one if there is no breath? If there is no breath. Yeah, when you don't feel the breath. Yeah. yeah. When there yeah. Why do you want to do something about that? Because I want to get to the next. <laughs> just 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 stop wanting. Mm. You're just too greedy. Maybe. Don't yes. like the word greed. You don't like the word greed then. Eh? But you know it's now more. Greedy is not a problem, by the way. Everybody's greedy. We're all greedy, don't we? We all like things to eat and drink and this and that. But greed is just a word, you know. But it's an energy. It's also an energy. It's not just a word, you know. Greed is a, is a force, you know. It has nothing to do with us. I mean, if I had a control over greed, I don't have any control, you know. So you have to tame it, in other words. You have to know how to handle it. Thank you. So... You know, this question, you know, it's not good to have so many questions because then, you know, when it's, you don't feel the breath, don't worry, it will change, it doesn't need you. Yeah. The more you think it needs you, the less you'll get what you want. Thank you. Okay. Five past four, are you okay? I'm
I'm fine. I mean, I live here, so I don't have any problem. <laughs> I'm happy to, you know, give a bit of time. Tomorrow I go on retreat for two and a half weeks. So. Self-retreat. So it's nice. End of questions? Yeah, we can just stop. Huh? Okay, well, I wish you well, and uh, may the Buddha Dharma Sangha bless all your amazing endeavor to be interested, you know, in this awakening path, path awakening. You know, so, people don't realize, you know, we don't have, a, we're not very good at using the blessed part of our life, you know, the blessings of our life to cheer us up. We tend to drag ourselves down to hell about all the things we did wrong, didn't we? It's really a bad habit. Yeah? So I said to somebody a while, a while ago, you know, well, at least you'll be, you know, you can, you can be happy that you brought your husband on the path, you know. And she made a comment which was not particularly very positive. <laughs> but I said, and she said, oh, I didn't think of that, you know. But people, you know, they do things and they, 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 they to interpret life in a way that put, ha, could have a potential of bringing people down, do you understand? Not really respecting people enough. I think that's very important to learn how to respect each other and ourselves first. So, I say goodbye.